Thank you so much for joining us today on YouTube. If you haven't already, go ahead and click that subscribe button down below so you can stay up to date with all that Church on the Hill has going on. If you haven't already, also follow us on social media, either Instagram or Facebook, both Church on the Hill and our senior pastor, Pastor Adam McCain. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the message. Hey everybody, welcome to our brand new series called Bridges. Come on, say that with me. Bridges! Say it out loud. Bridges! I, uh, you know, most of you know I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and uh, we have this Mississippi River that runs alongside of Baton Rouge. And when I would go back home to visit family from Texas, I would have to cross that big old bridge. And it's amazing to me how many people will not ride on that outside lane where they can see the water and see the danger below, but they'll root all the way close to the side. And the same thing here crossing Joe Pool Lake. I get that all the time from people. I'm just, I'm scared to cross bridges. It's with that that this series, I want to kind of lay out the purpose for this series. See, I believe that life is about overcoming things. In fact, I believe our Christian walk is exciting and powerful when we traverse the scary places, those hard places, if you will, those places that we don't want to go across, and we have to go across those on bridges. We've got a key passage, a key scripture for this uh, series. is found in Matthew chapter 7 and, uh, and verse 13. So if you'll turn there real quickly with me, if not, it'll be on the screen as well for you. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13, Jesus is speaking to His disciples. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount uh, pieces that He's got all these hundreds of thousands of people sitting out, and He's teaching them the base doctrine of what God really expects of them. And He moves into this thing in verse 13. He says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many that are entering there through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Jesus, as he's speaking to these disciples, these followers, if you will, he begins to make a correlation of the life of the believer following him. The difference between the broad highway road that everyone else is traveling on that is going towards destruction and the narrow road that leads to life. And in fact, Jesus is painting this picture because in his time frame, the Romans have done something supernatural. They have built roads. They are known in the ancient world for the highways that they built because they needed to move large amounts of troops and supplies. And these roads connected all of their, if you will, kingdom. And so it gave them access to cities that before they didn't have access to because they built these roads and they were big, beautiful highways. In fact, they actually had uh, you know, security posts along these highways in case something happened. Uh, opposing that concept would have been the narrow old ancient pathways that the people for hundreds, even thousands of years earlier had traveled through and, and still were using them, kind of the side roads, if you will. And Jesus is making the correlation that the believer is going to be on this small, narrow road, very difficult road, whereas those who are heading towards destruction are going to be on that wide, safe, fun highway. And that's Jesus' illustration as to what it's going to look like as we follow Him, as we grow in Him. One of the greatest disappointments for me as a pastor is to watch people get in their journey with God, get in their journey with Jesus. They start growing, and they'll get to a spot, and they'll go, Nah, I don't want to go any further. They'll get to a spot and they go, that's too hard. They'll get to a spot and say, I can't do that. That's that place that I'm calling the bridges. That if they'll cross that bridge, they'll get on that other side and they'll keep on just slamming for Jesus. But many times we don't want to cross or traverse those places 
that are scary and difficult because that's what a bridge does, right? It takes us to those places where the road can no longer go any further because maybe there's some great canyon, maybe because there's some type of ocean or a river or some type of waterway, and then they build bridges across it. And even though there's a way to traverse, there's still danger below, whereas you didn't have that before. And each and every one of us are going to have these moments in our life where we have to cross the bridges, the bridges of life. Jesus called it the narrow way, the scary way, if you will. And today, as we start into the Bridges series, I'm going to start with what I believe to be the most common bridge that you and I have to cross probably on a daily basis. As a believer, if we don't cross this bridge on a daily basis, we end up shriveling up and dying. And it's the bridge, ready? Write it down, the bridge of fear. The bridge of fear. Each and every one of us have fears. Uh, fear of failure. Uh, fear, uh, fear of being humiliated. Uh, fear of making a mistake. Uh, practical fears. Uh, arachnophobia. Uh, for me, early on, I had a great fear of heights. I mean, I had such a tragic fear of heights. I became a Christian. I, be, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I had the power of God flowing through me. And I came across this passage of Scripture. I'll read it to you. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. For those of you that are believers, you probably have read this many, many times. But for the first time years ago when I read this, it, awo- it awakened something inside of me. Look what it says. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And when I read that, This particular time, it awakened me like, so God didn't give me the fear of heights. Then where did it come from? It came from the pit of hell. God gave me a spirit of power, love, and the sound mind. The Holy Spirit that dwells within me. He's not fearful of anything. He's he's not scared. The person of the Holy Spirit who's guiding me and leading me is all-powerful and has no fear. So where did this fear come from? From the pit of hell. I want you to think about the things that you're scared of. I want you to think about how you've not confronted someone because of the fear. I want you to think about how you've not tried something new because of the fear. I want, to think, I want you to think about how you haven't ever prayed for someone out loud because of the fear of being humiliated. I want you to think about how you've never tithed because of the fear that you don't have enough money to sustain the rest of your life. I want you to think about these fears that we have, and I want you to recognize them as what they are. They are bridges that if we do not cross then we don't continue growing, we don't continue maturing, and we don't continue expanding forward in our Christian walk. In this spirit of fear that I had, I decided, you know what, I'm not going to let that dominate my life. So I did a couple practical things. The first thing I did was every time I was at a hotel and I was four or five floors up, I'd open the little balcony and I'd go up and look over the edge. And then I, I advanced past that and I started doing some high ropes courses. And then I kind of got that under my belt and then I went bungee jumping. I said, I can do it. I went bungee jumping. I thought I was never going to survive that experience, but I did. And then finally, I went skydiving. And uh, now to this day, I don't go looking to get somewhere high and scary. But when I'm there now, it doesn't dominate me anymore. I have broken that fear. I have crossed that bridge. And it's helped me cross the bridge of fear in other areas, confronting people, uh, uh, you know, taking risk uh, in the things of the Spirit, prophesying to people, praying for people to get healed. And what if they don't? What if they do? It's taught me how to cross that bridge and some of the practical things. You know, Hebrews chapter 11 is this chapter in the Bible that talks about the heroes of the faith. These men and women of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, starting like in verse 4 all the way to 34. I won't read it to you, but it begins to make these statements like, uh, By faith, Noah built an ark. By faith, Abraham went to a foreign land. By faith, Moses led the people out of Egypt. By faith, Rahab hid the spies. 
What's the common denominator there? It's not the word faith. It's the actions. Faith was a, is, is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But it's the action that proves that we're trying to walk in faith. By faith, Noah built an ark. Until he started building the ark, he was just sitting on the other side of that canyon going, ooh, I don't know. But when he started building it, he was crossing that bridge of fear. When Rahab hid the spice, he acted and was crossing that bridge of fear that maybe she'd get found out and maybe her family would be killed. By faith, Moses went and confronted Pharaoh. And he said to him, God says, let my people go. He had to take an action step. And I would challenge you and teach you that if we're going to get past the fears and the things that hold us back, we actually need to take some action steps. It's really that simple. And see, on the other side of the bridge of fear is a trust in God that can move mountains. See, until you've crossed that bridge of fear a few times, you don't understand what it is to actually walk in supernatural faith and see the great things that God happen. I want to give you a couple effects. Write these down that fear has on our lives. A couple effects that fears have on our lives. You may not have recognized this in the past, but I want to help you with this. The first one is it causes those around us to lose respect for us. Fear causes those around us to lose respect for us. Years ago, I went through something real difficult. And kind of lost my courage. And uh, I, I wouldn't say that I went into a depression, but I really wasn't motivated to try very hard. And I can't tell you in that season, multiple times, when I looked into the eyes of my wife and my kids to see the respect loss because dad wasn't even trying anymore. It was fear. It was fear that was causing me to be intimidated. It was fear that was causing me to lose my courage and, and to go out and do great things for God. But man, when I would look into their eyes and I could see the disappointment that dad no longer was a great man of faith, that dad no longer was willing to get up and try again. It had just knocked me down so many times, I just wanted to stay down on the mat. But it was that look in my wife's eyes, it was that look in my kids' eyes that helped motivate me to take another step across that bridge of fear. Here's the second effect of fear on our lives, and that is it steals our confidence. It steals our confidence. Do you remember how confident you were as a child? Some of you were so confident. You, you Go back and look in your yearbook. Go back and tell stories. Uh, uh, ask your parents about things that you said in, in kindergarten and first grade. And that over time, over time, we lose that confidence and we're scared to move forward. I want you to know something. God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Here's the third effect that fear has on our lives, and that is it brings anxiety and worry. Anxiety and worry. Years ago I learned the truth about anxiety and worry and that is that they're just simply byproducts of fear. Faith doesn't have anxiety and worry. Confidence doesn't have anxiety and worry. Confidence has obstacles. Uh, 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 faith has obstacles. But fear brings anxiety and worry because it can't be done. I can't cross this bridge. I can't get across. I can't keep going and that's not my fault. Someone did this. And all of this is fear. It brings us anxiety and worry. Here's the fourth effect that fear has on our lives, and that is it hinders the move of God on the planet. It hinders the move of God on the planet. Do you realize that God is trying to use you to change the world? God wants to give you a little word to give to that person standing in line with the mask on that would encourage them and strengthen them, but you're scared that they may reject you or they may not receive or they may laugh at you. He wants to use you to put out their strengthening posts that help people instead of being silent and scared. Here's the fifth effect that I have found that fear has on our lives, and that is it causes us, or causes you and me, to live boring Christian lives. It causes us to live boring Christian lives. I tell you, 
People used to ask me all the time, how come our young people don't want to serve God? And I would just have to put up a mirror and say, because when they look at you, they don't see anything courageous happening. They see you stuck at the place you were stuck 10 years ago, and you refuse to go past that spot. You were scared to cross that bridge and get to the other side of faith. And because you never tried anything great, you never did anything great, because you made excuses about what didn't happen, they look at that and say, I don't want that kind of life. It's boring. It's dead. Oh my goodness. When you read the New Testament, when you read the book of Acts, and you see these uneducated men, you see these men who had been with Jesus, and they're ter tearing the world up. They're turning it upside down, as the Scripture says. Why? Because they had crossed that bridge of fear enough times that they said, you know what, we got this. We understand what it is to keep walking with Jesus, to keep following Jesus across these horrible, scary canyons, across that raging river below us. But faith in God overcoming the fear of what might could happen. Jesus has this moment with His disciples. Matthew 14 is one of my favorite passages. He has put them in a boat. They've gotten an attitude with him. So he puts them in a boat and he says, look, y'all go on across and I'll meet you at another time. And so the disciples get in the boat and they start going across this giant lake slash sea, called it the Sea of Galilee. And they start going across this thing to the other side when a great storm comes up and the winds and the wave are like hurricane force, it seems like, because the Bible says the boat is being thrown aside. Water's coming in it. They can't control it. They're fearing for their life. When Jesus comes walking to them on the water supernaturally, as He gets closer, they see His image off in the distance. Can you imagine as the lightning hits, it lights up the sky and there's Jesus walking. Like a ghost. And they think He's a ghost. They begin to cry out, it's a ghost, it's a ghost. And as soon as Jesus gets within range of them to be able to hear what He says to them, look what He says. We're in Matthew chapter 14 and verse 27. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Take courage, it is I. Can I say something to you? We all have fears. But Jesus is constantly trying to give us courage. He's trying to give it to us. And just like with His disciples in the midst of a storm, He has to say to them, He doesn't say to them, Stop! Stop, you rebellious! Stop, you little sissies! He doesn't say that. The first thing He says is, Take courage! Let me give you something. Jesus is always handing out courage. The question is, will you and I receive it so we can cross that bridge of fear to get to the other side and keep rolling for Jesus? How many people over the years have I seen that started out so strong? I love God with all my heart. Oh, I can't wait. And then they would get to some spot in that journey and they're like, nah, nah, I can't do it. Nah, I can't, I can't submit. Nah, I can't, I can't believe that. I, nah, if I do that, this is going to happen. And you ended up, this is what ended up happening. They get, they're on this journey, they're on this path, they get to this moment, this place, this place where they have to traverse something very scary in their life. They'll stop and guess what they'll do? They'll just circle that spot over and over again. Some people have circled the same spot and have not moved an inch in God in 20 years. Not me. In Jesus' name, not you. We're going to be the men and women who cross those bridges and get across that bridge of fear and be men and women of faith and overcome and grow May it be said of us that we look like Jesus and act like Jesus while we lived on the planet in Jesus' name. Let me give you a couple thoughts on the reasons that we have these fears. And the first reason we have these fears is because of our lack of knowing the living God. We don't really know Him. We don't really know Him. We may have met Him. We may like Him. We may hang out with Him every now and then. But we don't really know Him. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18, look what it says. It says, There is no fear in love. 
But perfect love drives out fear. It drives out all fear. Perfect love. God loves you with a perfect love. And when you know Him, and when you're close with Him, that drives out that fear. I can tell you the moments in my life where I have been in fear and I refused to cross over and keep running after Jesus, it was because I'd lost this connectivity with God and I just, I just thought He had abandoned me and I just didn't want to go anymore. It's because we have a lack of knowing Him. When you know somebody, and someone can say, did you hear what so-and-so said about you? You say, no, they didn't. I know them. They would never do that. And so when the devil says, God, you see what God said? He's abandoning. No, he didn't. No, he did not. I know him. And that fear doesn't, it doesn't have the ability to take root because, wait, 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 I know him. And I know he'll never leave me or forsake me. He will never abandon me. Even in difficulty and trial and tribulations, he will pick me up. He will carry me across the bridge if he has to because my God, my God loves me with an everlasting love, and His love is a perfect love, and that love drives out all fear. Here's the second reason we live in fear, and that is because we've tried and we've failed in the past. We've tried and we've failed in the past. He said, man, I tried, it just didn't work. I tithed one time and, it, and it, I still was broke. You know, I went to a small group and they talked bad about me. I, I just can't do it. I, I, one time I prayed for somebody and they didn't get healed, and I tried and I failed, and so I just can't do it anymore. Can I tell you something? Welcome to life. Life is about trying and failing. Can you can, come on? Hear yourself. Hear the thoughts that you're thinking are crazy. Fear has so grabbed a hold to you that you're not trying anymore because you're still talking about what you failed at, your past experiences, and all those kind of things. That's wonderful. But can I just help you with something? Failure, in my mind, is nothing more than learning lessons. It doesn't mean you're out of the game. Listen, you you can't learn to walk without falling down. You can't learn to ride a bike without crashing it. You can't play a game without winning and losing. That's a part of life. That is just simply life. So you need to grab that thought by the, by the head and say, no, 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 wait a minute. Failing is a part of life. Failing doesn't mean I'm a loser. Failing is not going to have fear over me. I'm going to continue moving forward because I recognize that failing forward is how I continue to grow and to mature. Listen, can you, can you imagine? Can you imagine if I quit? Every time somebody stabbed me in the back. Do you know how many times I've been stabbed? Can you imagine if I quit and said and stopped loving people? Every time somebody sucker punched me on social media and t I talked bad about me and my family and did me dirty. Can you imagine if I quit loving people? I would have quit a long time ago. See, friend, can I tell you something? Fear lies to us and says, you know what? Oh, you messed up. You, you, you might as well quit. That's the lie of fear. You and I can cross this bridge, though. We can say, you know what? My past is my past. Today's a new day. I'm going to get up and I'm going to start walking across that fear that has gripped me and kept me stagnant and kept me from moving forward. Here's the third reason that we live in fear, and that is number three, we become calloused by the common. We become calloused by the common. See, we've said no so many times that it's just become who we are. We, God has said, hey, I need you to do that. And we said, oh. We read the scriptures and, and we've just pushed it away and said, no, we stiffen our neck. Do you know multiple times in the Bible, God challenges his people not to be stiff necked. He uses the term stiff neck. In other words, I ain't doing it. I'm not moving. I ain't going to do it. He commonly calls us to be soft hearted, to try again, to let him work in our life. And I want you to know, some of us have gotten so calloused. And we're just used to this, this you know, this, this is the life I'm going to live. I'm going to sit here on this bank. I'm not going to the other side. No one can move me. I'm comfortable right here. And I always teach this comfort is the enemy of the supernatural. So callous by the common. 
We just like the common. We don't care about the supernatural anymore. We don't want to see life and excitement happen because, well, you know, I used to have dreams and I used to believe great things for God, but, you know, they didn't work out. And so now we've become calloused. And a callous is when you rub the same spot over and over and over again. It builds up a resistance against that rubbing and it makes calluses. People have them on their feet. They have them in places that have been rubbed. That skin just builds up and it comes a hard, stiff spot. Don't be hard-hearted. God wants to rip off all those calluses and give you life again. And life and excitement is a result of crossing those bridges and keep chasing after Jesus. Here's the fourth reason we live in fear, and that is because we become consumed by the now. We become consumed by the now. We quoted that Hebrews passage earlier, the great men and women of faith. When Hebrews chapter 11, verse 26, talking about Moses, this is what it says. He regarded, it, he, uh, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of heaven because he was looking ahead to his reward. See, we get so caught up and what's going on right now, and fear grabs the hold because we got to fix this right now, and this right now, and we're worried about right now, and we're concerned about right now. Lift up your head. The Bible says it first. Lift up your eyes, for your Redeemer draweth. Now, if you're so caught up in what's not working, and what you don't have, and what's not going to happen, and you can't look up, and you can't see the other side of that bridge, because you're so scared that this bridge might collapse. You're so scared that you can't get across it. Friend, lift up your eyes and see what's coming. Moses said, you know what? I may lose everything that I have, the riches of my position of being. He is hierarchy. He's in the, he's in the royal family. And the Bible says he's not scared to lose that, because there's a greater reward. There's something better. And that better meant that he had to take some steps across what he was fearful of. That Pharaoh would try to kill him. That Pharaoh wouldn't listen to him. And he didn't care about the disgrace that came with that because there was a greater reward of seeing the people of Israel free. What you do now, what we do now, our kids are watching, our grandkids are watching. If you're scared to confront your own sin habit and you let that thing linger and linger and linger, it'll have an effect on your generations to come. If you still are scared to connect with other people relationally in small group because of what happened back in the day, it'll affect you and the health of your family. If you and I don't cross this bridge, we'll be stuck there on that side of fear, never moving into faith. It's time to cross those bridges. It's time to get across this bridge. Fear binds you to the present trouble keeping you from the future reward. There is a future reward for you and I as we continue to chase after Jesus. Yes, the path is narrow. Yes, there are these bridges and this big one of fear that we have to cross almost every other day, it seems like. But friend, I'll tell you, perfect love casts out all fear. Let's trust in the Lord. Let's follow Him with all that we have. And let's overcome the fear that keeps us from being the men and women who heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. That keeps us from actually becoming men and women of character. That keep us from growing. Friend, if you haven't grown in months or years, then you're stuck. You're stuck on the side of a bank refusing to cross a bridge. And maybe it's the fear bridge. I want to pray with you today. I want to call out the goodness of God in you. And I want to draw your attention to whatever fear has held you back and kept you from going to the next phase, the next level, the next beautiful spot in your journey following Jesus. And I want to crush that thing under our feet. And I would teach you and coach you, just take baby steps. Just get your foot on that bridge. Just start walking across it. Confront who you need to confront. Pray with who you need to pray with. Say what you need to say. Be what you need to be one baby step at a time. Hey guys, wasn't that a great word today? 
You know, I'm so thankful that the word isn't limited to a Sunday morning at a certain time or the four walls of the church building, but it can go through whatever time you may be watching this, wherever venue you might be at. The word of God can minister to you no matter where you are. You know, if you're interested in partnering with what Church on the Hill is doing, not only locally, but globally, you say, I really want to invest with that, with Church on the Hill in advancing kingdom business. You can do so by partnering with us by sending a donation to P.O. Box 3815, Cedar Hill, Texas, 75106. Hey guys, we love you. We look forward to seeing you again.